going to do. Uh, what would happen in Koinonia in the past is I would preach on Sunday, and then we would take and outline what I preached and then break it down on Wednesday, and then you would have an opportunity to share what the Lord told you during my message, which is awesome because we, we need that perspective. We need to hear from y'all. Uh, you know, you, you're not going to hear maybe what Carolyn hears, and you're not going to hear maybe what I heard when I was putting the message together. And we really, we really rob one another of being able to get the fullness of what the Lord is trying to say. We miss out on the different facets of God's nature that we all bring to the table when we, when we gather like that. And that was, that was an important part of the New Testament church. They gathered like that because, you know, um, when, I was, when I was a, a baby Christian, I spent a whole lot of time in prayer and in the Word all by myself. I locked myself away in my prayer closet, and I had lots of fellowship with God. And I mean, hours and hours on end, I spent in fellowship with the Lord. And I got to know God in a, in a, in a measure. And there were things that I learned about Him and th things that I discovered about God in those, in those private times. You know, uh, those, those private times are necessary. But I, never, I, I didn't realize until... My gosh, man, it was six or six or eight years into my walk with the Lord that we went on staff at a church and I was sitting under the ministry of a fellow by the name of Bill Coleman. And while I was talking to him, I began to discover things about God I never knew. I began to discover things about God I never... Do you know how I discovered things about God that I never knew? I saw different facets of God's nature in him than I saw in myself, that I saw in those times of prayer. You know, you, you, never, you never really can know God completely until you can discover him in other people. Because we're, we're all a part of the body of Christ. Amen. And when you discover God in other people, you know what? Uh, you, you will easily become offended with your brother if you never have fellowship with them. You'll get a bad attitude about church. Y'all know, I tell you all the time, bad attitude is, uh, is indicative of a word deficiency. And a lack of fellowship, a lack of fellowship. Um, when we, uh, we, will, we will quickly have a bad attitude toward our brothers and sisters when we don't understand the nature of God and how God works in each individual. You know, uh, there were people that I started to really, really love when I realized that God loved them and all of their faults. In all of their faults. Not, not that he loved their faults, but in, in their faults. God loved them in the middle of their struggles. You know, you know what helped me? What helped me was when I found out God wasn't mad at the people I was mad at. And God wasn't avoiding calls from the people I was avoiding calls from. <laughs> We have a tendency when we don't have fellowship with one another to believe that God sides with us. And the reality is, is God doesn't just side with you. He sides with all of us. He loves us all. And when you can see God working with people that you have trouble working with, it's helpful. Praise the Lord. Amen. So anyhow, this may be the whole message today. I'm not sure. Um, so Christian fellowship is a key aspect of the Christian life. Believers in Christ are to come together in love, faith, encouragement. That's, that's the essence of koinonia. Philippians 2, 1 and 2 declares, If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, 
if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then, uh, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Koinonia is being in agreement with one another, um, being united in purpose and serving alongside each other. Our koinonia with each other is based on our common koinonia with Christ Jesus. Amen. 1 John 1, 6-7 says, If we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Do you know that, that if you don't have fellowship with your brothers, it's indicative that you're not having fellowship with Christ? That's what this... Y'all are interested in what I'm saying, right? I know, I know these are, I know these are hard things to hear because they reveal what they reveal what's really in her. But that that that's why when I'm talking about when I'm talking about uh, this and encouraging you all to go to Koinonia, the, the reason why some of you can't is because you don't have a relationship, you don't have fellowship with Jesus, and so you've got to have fellowship with you. You can't convince me. Not one. Listen, don't even try. Don't even try. Well, Pastor, that's not really it. I don't care what you. Here's the deal. Out of out of your life, what, out of what comes out of your life, that's the, that's the message really that you, you speak. It's not what comes out of your mouth. It's what comes out of your life. <clears throat> it says, uh, but, if, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of, Christ, of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. A powerful example of what koinonia should look like uh, can be found in a study of the phrase one another in the Bible. A scripture commands us to be devoted to one another, Romans 12.10, to honor one another, again, Romans 12.10, to live in harmony with one another, Romans 12.16, 1 Peter 3.8, to accept, <laughs> this will be hard for you, to accept one another, Romans 5.15.7, to serve one another in love, Galatians 5.13, to be kind and compassionate to one another, Ephesians 4.32, to admonish one another, Colossians 3.16, to encourage one another, 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Hebrews 3.13, to spur one another on toward love and good deeds, Hebrews chapter 10.24, to offer hospitality, 1 Peter 4.9, and to love one another. That's what, the, that's what true biblical koinonia looks like. And so uh, I just read you that little tidbit. That's for free. You don't have to pay for that today. Um, I, I just want to encourage you to have fellowship with one another in these koinonia groups. So, so we will, we will all be offering a sign-up for uh, where you can sign up at, at a different address. Uh, where, depending on where you're located, uh, commit to, to one of those addresses, and then um, join uh, us and having fellowship with one another. Koinonia really is the bomb and is really, really helpful uh, to all of us. Praise the Lord. So, wow, it seemed like a Presbyterian church in here this morning. Unfortunately, I, I, we are a spirit-filled church, a spirit-filled and spirit-led church. Um, I, uh, this is my uh, first Sunday back in the last uh, couple of Sundays, I think. I was going to be here with you all last week, um, but uh, we couldn't change the schedule uh, to facilitate that, and so uh, I was away. But I am glad to be back here today, even though you're extremely quiet. And thank you, Marissa, and um, uh, seemingly 
uh, working things out. Now, surely y'all haven't all gone to hell in one, one or two weeks or everything in your life. If, your whole, if all hell has broke loose in your life, uh, number one, you ought to be rejoicing. You shouldn't be stressing about it. Uh, you certainly shouldn't be trying to figure it out on your own. The Bible says, um, the Bible said, did you hear what I just said? If all hell is broken loose in your life and you're so consumed by it that you can't engage in worship and that you can't get in the presence of God, you're doing it wrong. Uh, the Bible tells us, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. You say, yeah, but I'm sick. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It'll be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Amen. Uh, we, are, uh, we, we have the word of God. We're going to live by the word of God. And if we'll do that, uh, he will help us. So, uh, of course, we believe in tithing and offering, giving around here. We, uh, uh, we believe in it because the Word of God teaches it. I know some people say, well, you know, these preachers, all they want is our money. Uh, and that's not all we want. We want you to have fellowship, too. And we want you to come to church. And there's, there's all kinds of stuff that we want. But we definitely want your money, too, because it helps us to... Uh, Amen. Helps us to continue to doing the work of God. And, you know, and the, and the Bible really teaches that. Now, some people are like, well, you know, that's kind of crude. You know, you shouldn't say you want people's money. Well, I mean, you want people's money. You, that's why you go to work. You don't go for fun. Um, you know, you go because you're expecting a paycheck at the end. And, uh, and so we gather here together and we have an expectation that as we gather together, we're going to obey the word of God, do what the Bible says. And uh, we're going to bring all the tithe into the storehouse. And we're also going to bring our offering. Amen. Amen. So uh, what's this week for uh, a super seed? A super seed is week number 19. And so if you're participating in super seed, week number 19. Um, of course, we know that uh, Luke 6.38 says, Given it shall be given unto you good measure. Press down, shake it together, running over. Shall man give into your bosom with the same measure you, that you meet. With all it shall be measured unto you again. In other words, whatever you give, it's going to come back. Amen. The world calls it karma. It's not karma. It's sowing and reaping. God established it a long time ago. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Whatever you give, that's what's going to come back. In every area of life, including your finances. If you give ugly, you're going to get ugly. If you give mercy, you're going to get mercy. If you give judgment, you're going to get judgment. If you, if you, if you give potatoes, you're going to get potatoes, <laughs> you know, but if you give of your finances, the Lord will bless you in your finances. Of course, the Bible says, bring all the tithe in the storehouse. There may be meat in my house. Prove me now here with saith the Lord. See if I won't open up the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing. There's not room enough to receive. Amen. Praise the Lord. So uh, throughout this service, in fact, uh, let's, let's kick the offering to the back of the service. You can give your offering uh, toward the, I'm sorry, Tyler. You can give your offering toward the end of the service uh, so that we can jump in here. And uh, I know we're running a, a little bit late because we're honoring the mothers. And so if you are a mother, we are so glad that you are. Amen. You know, women, where would, women, where would we be without them, right? In the Garden of Eden. Oh, no, no, I don't, no, 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 <laughs> look, Annie's not in, Annie's not in, look, she, amen, praise the Lord, well, praise God, she ain't even hardly smiling, she, that's a, that's Annie's forced smile, <laughs> no, we, we're so grateful for the women that are, that make up most of the church, do you know, most of the church is made up of women, uh, because I don't know, you know, I think that uh, uh, men haven't yet taken their place 
probably like they should in the body of Christ. And we're doing what we can do uh, to make sure that that turns around. But, um, but we are so glad. Of course, my mother, um, I, from what I understand, there was an opportunity for me uh, to, uh, for uh, her pregnancy to be terminated and for me to have been aborted. And, uh, you know, thank God. Thank God that she changed her mind and whatever it was, she decided that she was going to go through uh, with uh, having me. Of course, abortion being a hot topic and, and uh, the uh, when life starts. You know, the Bible tells us when life starts. God told Jeremiah one time, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. And so God's word is very clear about where, you know, life starts. Life starts when God has his thought of you and, and that whole process starts, which is uh, at conception. So, um, you know, although science and, and scientists in the medical field uh, may, may have uh, alternative ideas, this is what we believe as, you know, this is what we believe. This is, this is uh, what, what we believe the word of God teaches. And, um, and so we're grateful to the mothers that have brought these wonderful, wonderful children like Lily into the world. Amen. <laughs> yeah, Heather's like, well, you know, some days. Praise God. <laughs> but there, there are challenges in, in the rearing of children. Isn't that right? And, but mothers, you know, there's, no, there's, there's nothing like mothers at all. Mothers are, are uh, resilient. They, uh, they endure Sometimes they suffer a, a pain and struggle in the process of raising their children. Uh, sometimes their feelings are hurt, and, uh, and they, they endure that, and they love their children uh, unconditionally, no matter what. And so Annie has been a, such a wonderful mother uh, to our children, and so uh, I want to say to her, Happy Mother's Day. And my mother, I don't know if you all know this or not, but I was a mama's boy, man. I was, I was bad. I was bad mama's boy. But... Uh, my mother was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful woman, and uh, I love her. She, she lives uh, in Edmond. She used to attend this church uh, until we st started getting in her business too much, and then uh, she, she, she left. She, Koinonia wasn't for her at all. Uh, <laughs> I love you, Mom, if you're... Oh, no, no, we're not. No, no video, so praise God. I can say anything I want <laughs> without fear of, of reproach. But I want to say to you mothers, listen, uh, if, if men had to have babies, there wouldn't be none. There wouldn't be none. All this talk of we're pregnant, there ain't no we about it. That's y'all. And uh, we love you, and we are appreciative of you, and we pray that uh, the Lord will continue to bless you and strengthen you, and that you will continue to be great women of God, great mothers. Uh, we're honored, uh, honestly, to have those of you here that are visiting as mothers. We're honored to have you here. So I love you. Uh, let's, uh, let's give it up to Jesus for the mamas. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> All right, open your Bibles with me to the book of 1 John. And uh, we're going to... Uh, this isn't going to be a traditional Mother's Day message. I know I've gone on for already a bit, so I'm going to try to... I'm going to try to keep it short, but these chairs are so comfortable, you won't even know that you've been sitting here a little bit longer than normal. So, 
First John. Well, you know what? Instead of, yeah, uh, instead of going to First John, can we do something else real quick uh, instead of First uh, John? Let's go and let's read that scripture that we have been reading. Uh, we've been on, we've been talking about, um, <clears throat> one of the things I have been talking about is revelation. A revelation, <clears throat> and y'all, y'all remember what we talked about when it came come to revelation. Revelation is God's thoughts toward us. So when I say revelation, I'm not talking about the book of Revelation. We've been talking about rev- what revelation. So maybe to start out, I can I can help some of y'all out a little bit by pointing out some scripture. <laughs> Jesus, how can I do this? Oh, oh, I need help. Um, yes, Holy Spirit, help me. <laughs> book of, go to the book of, um, go to the book of Matthew. Do, 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 do. Glory to God. Book of Matthew chapter um, 16, book of Matthew chapter 16. And so revelation, say revelation. revelation. So when we talk now, listen, now it's, it's important that you understand revelation. Well, the kind of revelation we're talking about, there's a scripture and I believe it's in this in the book of Hosea it says where there is no vision, people perish. Isn't that right? Is that Hosea or is that a different one? Uh, is that knowledge? But anyway, um, where there is no vision, people perish. We look. We pull it up, Marissa. Where there is no vision, people perish. Um, glory, 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 glory. Any moment now, it'll magically appear on two of our on two of our four screens because we got to cast the devil out of two of these screens. Praise the Lord. We're going to have to cast the devil out of that computer back there here in a second. Amen. All right. Go. What is it? Proverbs 29, 18. Run there. There it is. Thank you, Jesus. Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. So it says where there is no vision. That word vision, you could, you could exchange that word vision for revelation. Because what that scripture means is, is this. It means where there is no prophetic word, where there is no revelatory word, where there's no word that is... Now, remember earlier I talked about with our kids, I said that our kids, we don't just want our kids to get the logos, we want our kids to get the rhema, logos being the written word, rhema being a spoken word or a revelatory word. That logos, now logos is extremely important. Logos is information. That written word... Somebody give me a, a paper Bible. Anybody have a paper? Nobody has a paper Bible anymore. Oh, oh, Brandon. Brandon. So, you know, some people say, well, this is the word of God. Well, it's, it's the Bible. And some people believe this, that this book just by itself is holy. No, this, this book, you know what? We used to, when we ran out of rolling papers, we would find a Bible. And those little Gideon Bibles. Maybe I shouldn't be saying this in front of Lily. But back in the day, I mean, I'm just, I'm just talking about, because we were partiers, you know. And we'd get them little Gideon Bibles. We'd rip out a page out of that little Gideon Bible. And we'd wrap us, you know, 
when we ran out of papers, you know, we would just wrap one up right there. To, that's how it was. That's how we, that, that was the, that was the life we lived. And, you know, some people are like, oh, you're going to go to hell for that. That's the word of God. No, it's a, it's a Bible. It's a Bible. And, and, and on the pages of this Bible are written words. And these words have absolutely no power without the Holy Ghost. Without God's Spirit breathing upon these words, they are powerless. That, that's, why, that's why, folks, you can, uh, you, can, you can play worship music all day long in your house. You can listen to Bible CDs. You can, you can even have the Bible playing in the background all day. You can go through this Bible and just read it. And it has no effect on you until God's spirit breathes upon the words that are written therein and it comes alive. It becomes, it goes from being logos or written to becoming rhema, breathed out of the mouth of God, spoken out of the mouth of God. Well, you know what? The Bible says this about God. God is a spirit. God is a spirit. And so if God is a spirit, how do you think God talks? Does he, does he talk to you through now? Now we're 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 tri, we're we're a triune being. We are spirit, we have a soul and we live in a body. That's man. Man is a spirit. You are a spirit. Turn to someone and say you're a spirit. You are a spirit, you have a soul. What is your soul? Your soul is your mind, your will and your emotions. That's your soul. When you're born again, it's your spirit that's born again. Your soul, you know, some people say God saved my soul. No, your, your soul is still in the process of getting saved. Because some of y'all, your mind, all of us really, our mind still will run crazy on us. Our will, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes my will isn't. Some of y'all had to align your will just to get in the building today. Because your will didn't want you in this building today. In fact, your will still, amen. Some of y'all, your, your will still trying to get you out of this building. Because our will is still jacked up. That's our, that's our soul. Our emotions. Boy, you let your emotions take over. And some of y'all do. Some of y'all let your emotions take over so much that you can't even concentrate on God for two hours a week on a Sunday morning. Because there's something, there's something going on. There's something happening. And you're, and, you're, and you're constantly giving to that. Well, you know, the Lord wants you to, you know, your, your soul... Uh, to, your soul can be saved. In fact, the Bible says in the book of James, it says that we're to receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save our soul. You can always tell when someone's not in the word of God because their soul just runs uh, the ship. But we are spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. So let me, let me, let me, uh, um, let me say this. The, the voice of the body is feelings. The voice of the body is feelings. The voice of your soul is reasoning. Your mind. Reasoning. All right. So the voice of your body. If someone steps on your toes, you feel it. And the voice of your body says, ow. All right. Your soul when your soul is assaulted, when you're assaulted in the realm of your soul, you, you immediately go through reasonings because the voice of your soul has to do with your mind and reasoning. 
The voice of your spirit is your subconscious. It's the innermost part of your being. Amen. So say this with me. Say, God is a spirit. So let me, say, let me ask you this. If God is a spirit, then how does he speak to us? Spirit's a spirit. God does, listen to me. This is important for y'all to understand. God does not speak to you spirit to soul. God does not speak to you through the realm of reasoning. Do you know why God doesn't speak to you through the realm of reasoning? Because God is unreasonable. Are y'all hearing me today? You know, you know what God says? God says, you are no longer your own. You've been bought with a price. You belong to me. Every, everything about you is mine. Nothing is yours. It's unreasonable. Present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto me. It's your reasonable service. It's the least you could, you could do, you know, but God, is that reason? Does that, does that lend itself to, to the voice of reason in our life? No. Does divine healing uh, lend itself to reasoning? No. Look, it's the very, it's the very trouble some of us have with church is that it, it, it makes us have to escape out of that realm of reasoning into another realm. Cause it's not, it's not reasonable. So God doesn't speak to us spirit to soul. God doesn't speak to us spirit to, to body. God doesn't use feelings to talk to. Well, you know, I had this feeling. That's exactly what that was. It was a feeling. And your body, listen, your feelings are a very poor indicator of what God has said. See, that's what's got some of us jacked up here this morning. Why some of us are having a hard time getting out of the flesh and into the spirit. Why some of us are having trouble getting motivated to get in the presence of God. Because you're trying to feel good about it. And when you're waiting on your feelings to get you into a place, listen, God is a spirit. When you're, being, when you're being led around by your feelings, well, you know, I just feel like they don't do things right around here. Well, you know what? As long as you keep on feeling, you're going to keep being shipwrecked. You're going to keep on in the ditch. As long as you, as long as you keep let, letting your feelings dictate what you're going to prioritize in your life. Quit, quit doing that, man. Quit throwing stuff in people's hair. That ain't right. I'm feel sorry for you, Monte. It's like you had like a three week of three weeks of lint in your hair. I never did like when I get home find something in my hair. One girl actually lit my hair on fire. She wanted to see what a fro would do. I was like Michael Jackson in a Pepsi commercial. <laughs> Some of y'all remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, so, so we're going <laughs> to. So God, when God speaks to us, he speaks to us spirit to spirit. Now, listen, if you're in your feelings, you're not going to hear the voice of God. If you're in your reasoning, you're not going to hear the voice of God. If, 
if, if you're busy battling with, with bad attitudes or hard feelings or, or uh, the cares of life or the struggles of life, whatever, whatever it is, you're going to miss out on what God says. See, we got to put all that stuff aside to hear the voice of God's spirit in us. Amen. It's that, that we've, we've, uh, we've fed our flesh and we've fed our souls at the expense of our spirits. We've fed our feelings and done what we felt good about. Are you hearing me today? You know, some of you feel good about how you handled situations, but God don't want you to feel good about how you handled a situation. He wants you to know that you handled a situation in the way that he intended for you to. And sometimes when you handle things the way God wants you to handle them, you don't walk away from it feeling better. Well, glory to God. Sometimes when you handle the things the way the Lord wants you to handle it, it doesn't, it doesn't agree with your reasoning. Just, just ask Nakia one day. Ask Nakia what her mind was telling her on that Wednesday night that Emery died. Baby Emery, the little boy that's here, little Down syndrome boy, he was in the hospital for two years before he came home. For two years. And on a Wednesday, on a cold, chilly, icy, y'all remember that night? Some of y'all remember it clear. It was icy that night. It was a Wednesday night. We were in service at the building that we rented back on, on, on 16,000 Northwestern. We were in that building, and uh, Emery was in the back. And while Emery was in the back, he quit breathing. And they came running out with this baby that had been in the hospital for two years. I don't remember who came running with him, whether it was Tyler, whether it was Miss Rhonda. I can't remember. Was it, was it you, Miss Rhonda, that came running with him? I think Tyler was maybe right behind you, but they ran into the sanctuary, ruined the whole service. <laughs> I mean, I think I, was, I think I was on one too. I think I, I, think I was really uh, uh, getting one on. Uh, glory to God. Hey, yeah, boy, I was, I was in there too. And then all of a sudden, Emery dies and ruined the whole service. Now listen, I'm going to tell you something. When someone dies, you can either... Are y'all hearing me? Okay. Now I'm trying... You say, why are you breaking this down? Because some of y'all, I broke it down 17 times, but you still led by your feelings. You still being led by your reasoning. Well, you know what? Uh, when, when, people, when people like baby Emery die, when Emery died... I'm going to tell you right now, heaven wasn't counting on you to do what was in your head. Heaven wasn't counting on you to do what the medical, I know what the medical profession says. Medical profession says when one is dead, then, you know, you, you perform CPR, you get out paddles, you do, you do, you know, all these things. And, but that, that's, that's what reasoning says. You know what your feelings say? Well, if you're a grandmother holding their limp, not breathing grandson in their arms. That doesn't make you feel good, does it, Ms. Rhonda? And your feelings, you know what your feelings say? Let's, let's go. Let's get in the car. Let's get, it, let's, let's get this baby in the car. Let's go. We got to go. Come on, Lewis. We got to go. And, and maybe that might be the way the Lord has you deal with it sometime. 
But how would you know? You know, how would you really know unless you inquire? And how far were we from a hospital? And how icy was it that night? So anyway, I'm, 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 I'm maybe taking too long with this. But long story short, that isn't how the Lord dealt with us to deal with Emory. Miss Rhonda came in and she, right away she's looking at me like, Pastor, well, Pastor. I'm like, man, I, 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 I dropped out of high school. You know what I'm saying? All, this, all of a sudden, now there's a dependence. Listen, there's a dependence on, on, on there, people have dependence on certain ones to be able to identify what it is that the Lord is saying. And guess what? This world is in a place now where they're becoming more and more dependent on people that are, that are claiming the name of Jesus, that are declaring the name of Jesus to be able to tap in to the spirit and tap into the mind of God and tap in. The, are y'all hearing me today? Because church up to this point, in fact, church used to be a place where people would come and people would tap into the mind of God. They would find out what God was saying about a situation. You could come and you could depend on people to pray for you and break you through and help you out and help you to get to where God was. Nowadays, it's just a social gathering where we hang out for a half hour. We have a cup of coffee and a cookie before we leave and we, we, we get the burden of going to church off of us for another week. We've done our... Amen. I'm already spitting all over this microphone. <laughs> I, I hope I'm helping you here today. I, I, there's, there's no reason why any of us, when, when we talk about, like when I talk about, there's no reason why you should heap guilt. If you heap guilt and condemnation upon yourself, it's not because the preacher's trying to heap guilt and condemnation upon you. That's a, that's a product of the flesh. The Bible says there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. See, these things ought to help you to identify where you're at in your walk. We want to point at everybody else and blame everybody else for where we're at in our walk. Listen, you're responsible for your walk. And you don't, you don't have to be walking in the flesh. You can walk in the spirit. You can walk in a place where you'll be governed by your spirit and not by your flesh. Boy, I watched Nikki. I watched Nikki come down that hallway. Big old long hallway. He's quit breathing. I, I, just, I just gathered around and said, let's pray. But Nikki, she went into action, boy. She went into action. She didn't even act like a mama. She acted like a superhero. This woman wasn't being governed by her flesh. She wasn't doing what she felt. She wasn't doing what you, in fact, you could tell. She just got over into a mode and it was a, it was a little bit of come, Lazarus come forth and a little bit of breathing in his mouth and a little bit of pushing on his chest. But them paramedics showed up. When them paramedics showed up, we're around and we're, we're praying in tongues. Now listen to some of you like, oh, tongues is scary. Yeah, it's scary too. You got a dead kid in your church. It's only scary till you got to get, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, a good old Baptist would go to talking in tongues if faced with what we were faced with that day. A little Nazarene, a Presbyterian, listen, they would just be like, yabba dabba do, yabba dabba do. They would try, they would try to be, they would try to be, are y'all hearing me today? They would try to be working it. Are y'all hearing me? 
Because when you got to get a hold of heaven, you got to get a hold of heaven and you got to do whatever it takes to get a hold of heaven. Then paramedics came in. Listen, they were they, at first they tried to break us up and then they realized we weren't about to be broke up. So they were just like, they just waited. They just wait. And we're like, you're not dying. You're going to live. We've been through too much with you. You're not going nowhere in the name of Jesus. You will live. You will not die. You will come back. Then Emery began to breathe in and out again. Then we turned him over to the paramedics. You know what them paramedics were saying? Standing right there. You know what they were saying? One of them had tears in his eyes. The paramedics looked at us and said, I've never seen anything like this. Because it goes beyond reason. It goes beyond feeling. Are y'all hearing me today? Put, put, can you put that scripture up? Okay. <laughs> Oh, no, you ain't got to go through the process again, do you? <laughs> so God is a spirit. He speaks to us spiritually. Now, listen, you say, well, if God speaks to us spirit to spirit, why are we sitting here listening to you? Because you're speaking out of your mouth into our ears, and you're speaking to us in the natural because I ain't trying to communicate with what's between your ears. I'm trying to com- see some some of you. You've already come up a little bit because I've been talking to you and I've been getting into your spirit. Amen. Now, what is it that's keeping you from getting hearing what God is saying to you in your spirit? Well, I'll tell you what social media is doing it. Some of y'all, you let your family have way too much influence in you. You, 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 let, you let carnal. Now listen, you say, well, you, you make it sound like I need to cut my family off. Well, at some point, yeah. I mean, it's some, here's the thing. The, the minute my family gets between me and God, well, praise the Lord. You know, I... You say, well, how can you do that? That's family. That's family. That's family. Well, you know what? Family sent me to live with my grandma when they, when they didn't know what else to do with me. <laughs> family shipped me off and said, well, we're done. We, we don't know what to do. We can't do no. I just can't do no. I can't handle it no more. I can't help you no more. Brothers and sisters, mother and father. Did nobody come looking for me? I got shipped to grandma's house, and, and grandma, thank God she, you know, given enough time, had I had enough time to wear her out, she'd have given up on me too. Because men will forsake you. Even blood. We all act like I'm trampling on some sacrilegious, you know, the, no, this is what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that we, we have to be willing to leave father and mother, brother and sister. Because at times, you know what? At times, they don't, they, don't, they don't direct us toward the ways of God. They try to direct us away from the ways of God. They know good and well y'all go to church on Sunday. Why do they keep planning parties on Sunday? 
Why they keep planning parties when they know you're going to be in church? Because they don't go. They don't go. They don't care. And you know what we do? Okay, well, let me let everybody know I ain't going to be there. See, for some people, it's okay to disconnect. Some people don't mind at all. But for, I don't know about y'all, but for me, it's vital to stay connected with the voice of God. Where there is no vision, where there's no revelation. Are y'all, are y'all still there? Man, I, didn't, well, I don't think we're even going to get over to Matthew. Poor Matthew's waiting over here. <laughs> Matthew's like, Pastor, when you coming over here? Well, Matthew, you're going to have to wait. <laughs> what is it? Proverbs 29, 18. Can, uh, do we have Amplified Classic on this verse? Put it, put it up there, will you, Marissa? Is it a little muggy in here? No? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just amen. All right. Oh, Where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God. Where there's no revelation, when you don't have a revelation or a, uh, when you don't have a rhema, when you don't have a breathed and spoken word from God about the situation of your, the situations of your life. Now, you, do you know why, do you know why some people are committed to the Lord and they live for God day in, day out, every day? seven days a week, four weeks a month, 12 months a year. You, do you know why there's some people that they're, they're, they're that committed? Well, because they have, a, they have a rhema. They have a revelation. They have, they have a redemptive revelation of God. You know, when I got born again, I didn't, I didn't just invite God to be a part of my life. And keep living the way that I was living and him just be invited into the... No, when, when I accepted Christ, he came into my life and he gave me a brand new life. And I started living for him every day. See, some people, they've never had that kind of a revelation of God, that God wants to be a part. God doesn't want to be a part of your old life and just, you know, have this, this uh, supporting role in your life. He wants to be the center of it all. He wants to be the center of it all. Do you know why he wants to be the center of it all? Because his ways are better than your ways. Because the life that he has for you is better than anything that you could come up with on your own. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Where there is no the people perish. Now, this, this one doesn't, this one doesn't uh, break it down and say it. But it says uh, uh, in the original, what it says is this. Where there is no revelation, where there is no redemptive revelation, where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. In other words, uh, people run around like chickens with their heads cut off when they don't have a word from God, when they don't have a revelation, when they don't have God's mind for their lives. You run around like a chicken with your head cut off, wondering what in the world you're going to do. But when God, when God gives you a revelation... When God reveals something to you, you know what happens is, is uh, when, when it's a real revelation, revelation is transformative. 
You can know whether or not you've gotten a revelation if tr transformation followed what you believe. Some of you say, how do I know if it was a, a, the mind of God? How do I know I've gotten a revelation? Because immediately following the revelation, you were transformed. Because revelation is transformative. If you heard something and it didn't transform you, then all you got was information. Now, information is good. It's necessary. But your information needs illumination. <laughs> your information needs for the Spirit of God to breathe upon it. It's like, you, Heather, you coming here. I mean, Lily came. Lily came. Lily. You're so wonderful. Lily came to church one night. She came to church one night at, during revival, and boy, she was just curious. She, I could see the Spirit of God on her. And we prayed over Lily, and Lily received a touch from God. Lily didn't even know what the heck was going on with her. <laughs> Lily walked out of here, and she's just like, Shandama, Hoyapaya, you know, should have bought a Honda, but I bought a Mitsubishi. <laughs> she got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Now, this isn't, you know, Heather... Heather, you know, just sent her to church with her friends, you know, to hang out with her friends. And, and you, know, uh, you know, and then Cherie, you know, Cherie's bringing her. That should have been clue number one that something was up. <laughs> Cherie bringing her. <laughs> but Lily, Lily came. She came to the altar, received prayer, got baptized in the Holy Ghost, left here praying in an unknown tongue. Now, you know what? Heather didn't know nothing. I mean, as far as I know, Heather didn't know nothing about that. And then I, I kind of saw some texts that were going between, because uh, 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 Sheree contacted me. She said, um, you know, I, I'm not, I, she said, I didn't think about it, but maybe I should have thought about how um, uh, Lily's mother was going to respond <laughs> to her coming home filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in another language. And I said, well, what is their background? She said, I don't know, maybe Catholic, maybe something like that, you know, but it certainly wasn't Pentecostal. And so then Heather has to observe this. And, and it's, I'm going to tell you right now, your mind tells you what kind of crazy is going on in that church. <laughs> That's what your mind tells you. Your feel, you know what your feelings say? Get your child and run. <laughs> That's what your feelings say. But then if you listen to your spirit, which I believe Heather did because either the next Sunday, the following Sunday, Heather came to, to church and the spirit of God came upon her and the spirit of the Lord began to work in her. And are y'all hearing any of this? Well, when the spirit of the Lord began to talk to you, when he began to speak to you, when you start to get a revelation, if you never had a revelation before, You've, you've lived life like you run around like a chicken with your head to go. But the minute God begins to speak to you, the minute he begins to breathe upon his word and bring what's written in that book to life, and all of a sudden it begins to work in you, now all of a sudden it'll cause you to commit yourself to that word, to that revelation. You don't run around like a chicken with your head cut off no more. All of a sudden you begin to marry, you begin to marry yourself to what God said. Remember, we talked about Gideon. <laughs> was it Gideon that we talked about? Yes. Remember, we did. We talked, didn't we talk about Gideon? We talked about Gideon when we talked about miracles now, didn't we? That God, what did God say to Gideon? 
thou mighty man of valor. God spoke to Gideon and said, you're a mighty man of valor. Do you know where Gideon was? He was in the back hiding from his enemies preparing food because the enemy had come in and stole all their food would steal all their food and the angel comes and tells him oh thou mighty man of valor and and, and you know what Gideon says I know you ain't talking to me I know you ain't talking to me because that's not that's not me at all and it wasn't Gideon. You know, Gideon eventually became a mighty man of valor. Why? Because God gave him a word. And once God gave him that word and Gideon married himself to the word that God gave him. Are y'all hearing me today? Some of you haven't yet married yourself to what God told you that you would become. You've not yet, you've not yet given yourself over to what God said about you. You still believing the things that you say about yourself. And when you keep believing those things that, you, that, are, that are usually governed by your feelings, that are usually governed by your soul, by your reasoning. Some of us at some point in our lives have hated church. Do you know why? Because our minds told us that nobody could love us, that nobody loved us, that they didn't, nobody loves me here. And people came to you and they, they were like, oh, I'm so glad to see you. And you're like, you lying dog. <laughs> That's what your mind told you. You know why? Because you knew what you was doing. You knew you was drinking. You knew you was drugging. You knew you was sleeping around. You came to church one year. You didn't have no kids. You came to church the next year. You had a kid, no husband. No, no wife. You know what your mind tells you? Are y'all hearing this today? And then somehow or another, we let the enemy blame it on church that we were disconnected. <laughs> when in reality, every time we came, we couldn't do nothing but condemn ourselves. Because we wouldn't believe what God said about us. Everyone else kept telling you what God said. I love you. You want crack. You don't know me. How can you love me? You don't know me. There's a woman told Ted that. Ted told this woman out in uh, Springfield. He said, I love you. She said, how can you love me when you don't know me? He goes, because love is a choice. I choose to love you. I don't care what you do. I don't care who you are. I don't care how ugly you get. I don't care. I don't care what's going on in your life. I love you. You know why? You know why she said, how can you love me and not know me? Because her love wasn't based on a decision. Her love was based on a feeling. Her love wasn't based on the word of God says love one another. See that. And that's where Christians give. I'm going to decide whether or not I like you or not. When the Bible commands us to love one another. Can I tell a little something that you told my wife? Can I? She's like, I knew I was going to become one of pastor's sermons one of these days. Here, here, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Of course, Lindsay, we've, we've known Lindsay for a long time. And in and out for a while. 
And we love, we've always loved Lindsay. But you know what? Lindsay didn't always really believe that probably we loved her. <laughs> because she'd been through things in life. She's been through relationships and through difficulties. She's been, she's hooked up with people that, you know, they, that love was based on how you felt. You know, love will make you feel different ways. That's why we say love is a choice is because you choose to love someone. When, when Annie and I got married, I chose when we were teenagers to, to love. When I was a teenager, she was 20. But when I was a teenager. <laughs> I got you laughing, though. I'm almost done. But... but <laughs> We, we chose to, to love one another. I chose to love her. She chose to love me. Um, there were lots of feelings that were... <laughs> there was lots of feelings. You know... Uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to behave. <laughs> she, she, you can't hear her. She's going, don't. <laughs> don't say something crazy. <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, there was lust. <laughs> you know them songs they say, is this love that I'm feeling? Is this love? It's not. <laughs> it's not something altogether different. It's, it's something altogether. That lust will be a part of, of love. Only in the, you know, you, you should only go with it in the context of marriage though. Because outside of the context of marriage, you get in trouble. But in the context of marriage, there is a, there's a love. There, you know what? Love made me angry. Pat Benatar said love is a battlefield. <laughs> That's not the word of God, but, you know, sometimes it is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> sometimes angry. Sometimes sadness. Love produced lots of different feelings. But love wasn't a feeling, it was a, it was a choice. I chose to, when I look at y'all and I say I love you, it was a choice that I made. You can be ugly toward me and I already decided. Sometimes love wants to fight with you. When you love someone, they want to fight. You know, Annie, she used to love to want to fight with me. I'm like, go ahead and fight, baby. I used to fight with her. I used to, I used to put on the gloves and we would... You know, not physically, you know, have altercations, but we'd, we'd have those on. And then as I, you know, as, as I got older, as we progressed, I started choosing not to participate in the fights. I'm like, I, I'll just, I mean, if you want me to watch you fight with me, I mean, I'll watch, but <laughs> it's because I lost all the time, she says. But praise the Lord. But love, she's like, oh, I thought he forgot about me. <laughs> but you know, she said she, she, she's come back and she's committed. Something happened, you know, she got a revelation. That's what it was, Lindsay. All of a sudden, the word of the Lord became real to you. God said something to you. And you, you know what it did? It caused you to have to marry it. 
not because we're making you marry. Now, now see, I'm trying to persuade y'all go to Koinonia. The reason why I'm doing that stuff to try to persuade is because I know that if I can get you in there and you can get a word from God, if you can get a revelation, I'm going to have to stop, aren't I? And I didn't even get to what I was going to talk about. I was going to talk about the anointing. It happens. Next week, we'll talk about the anointing. But revelation is extremely important. We have got to allow God to let his mind. Some of you are discovering what the mind of God is, his thought, what his thoughts are toward you. And when you marry yourself to the thoughts that God has toward you, it's transformational. I mean, you will never be the same. And you know, what's, you know what's crazy is that it's contagious. All of a sudden, you know, you begin to marry yourself to what God said, and you begin to live according to the word of God. Then people that are around you that begin to discover the same thing, all of a sudden they're transformed. All of a sudden their lives begin to change. Amen. You know, we've, there have been lots of people wanting to know what the key was to the miraculous and the supernatural. Because we believe in the miraculous. We believe in the supernatural. And we're seeing some miraculous and supernatural things happen. Where were we at in revival this week? We were in Richmond. <laughs> we were in Richmond, Indiana. Let me tell you how good God is. While I'm there in Richmond, I'm talking to them. And, and I'm talking to them about the change, the you know, changing of seasons. We've been talking about it here. There's a big time changing of seasons happening. And I've been talking to them. I was talking to them about how that I'm coming out of like that prophetic flow and that prophetic um, ministry of uh, ministering to people just with uh, these uh, personal prophecies and stuff and moving into the, a, a, mira a miracle ministry. And I really see it happening. So I'm up there, you know, and I'm, there's these group of women there. These women are from a place called Crossroads. Is it a half, kind of a halfway house? Or a, no, it's not. It's a, it's a drug rehab program or a drug and alcohol program. Well, man, I'm, I'm starting prophesying over these women. I'm going to tell you right now, the Holy Ghost started touching those, those ladies. Man, I'm talking about words that were, you had to slap yourself, make sure that you were awake. Uh, it was so incredible. But I prophesied over these girls, and the Lord touched a bunch of them, and, and they came back every night, every night. They were so hungry. Uh, for, they, they began to get a revelation. Transformation started to happen for some of these girls. They needed it. They needed it. Transform as I'm preaching the word and they get revelation. I, first night I get done preaching, they, they, they mobbed the, the leader of the group, the, the, the director. Can we come back tomorrow? It's run by a Baptist church. The organization that runs that is a Baptist church. Can we come back tomorrow? They came back the next night. The more they came back, the more they wanted to be there. Wednesday night, they're supposed to go to the Baptist church. They came to revival. But that night, there was one night there, I, I was talking, and, and uh, I dismissed Carolyn. I said, I said, go in his presence. Before you leave, love someone because you do. And all of a sudden, this man started shining brightly. Uh, the Spirit of the Lord was on him. I saw God wanted me to minister to him. I said, wait a minute. I said, before you go, I said, that man back there, and I described what he was wearing, and he kind of, you know, lifted I said, yeah, you. And I, I, saw, um, I saw a fire in his organs, in his internal organs. I said, I can see your organs in your body. I see a fire in your internal organs. I said, the Spirit of the Lord is working on you. I said, 
I said, uh, you, you, uh, I said, you've been having trouble with your organs. There are organs in your body that are trying to kill you. But the Lord says he's, he's, uh, he's healing you. There's a fire in you. Something some to that effect. It was, it was much more detailed than that. But there's a fire in there. And the Lord says he's going to heal you internally of whatever it is that has been attacking your body. And you're not going to, you know, you're not going to succumb to this sickness, to this illness, to whatever it is. The Lord Jesus is touching you today. And you're walking out of here well in the name of Jesus. Of course, he and his wife just began to weep. Um, one of the members of the church came to me afterwards and said, I work with this man's wife. They don't go to this church, but I invited them to come. I told them about how the Lord used you to point things out and to speak the word of the Lord over people. And um, I talked about revelation that night. And I told them, I said, this revelation, this word, this is God's mind. What I'm saying is what God's mind is toward you. This is what God is thinking toward you. This is what God is saying about you. Believe what he's saying and you can have what he says. So she tells me, she says, um, she said, this man got very sick. They couldn't, they couldn't figure out what it was. He only just recently went to the doctor. They started doing tests on him, and they started diagnosing him. There's, there's his, his organs, uh, internally, his organs are beginning to, uh, like they're fighting something. And they said, they looked at all the data. They looked at all the tests. The doctors haven't said anything, but it all looks like it's pointing toward pancreatic cancer. And he's supposed to go back to the doctor and find out what's going on. Well, they came back the next night. I asked him, I said, what's happened? Something had happened. The Lord had touched him. He wasn't experiencing what he had been experiencing in his physical body because the Lord Jesus touched him. God's mind toward him was healing. Amen. Deliverance from whatever it was that was attacking his organs. And you know what? When he agreed with what heaven said, all of a sudden something switched in his body. All of a sudden he began to be made well. See, this really, it really is the key to the supernatural. I mean, if you want to step over into another realm, if you want to step over into a place where, uh, where a sickness doesn't have control, where poverty doesn't have control, where the things of, 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 of life, where the government, where uh, wars and, and uh, uh, bad weather, whatever, where it doesn't dictate or determine your future. Then it starts with a revelation, starts with a word from God, starts with a revelation. Amen. Stand up all over the place. I'm finished up. Praise God. I know I took a long time, but we needed it. Amen. Amen. Did that help anybody here today? Praise God. Remember what God said. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what circumstances have come again. That, that's the thing. Circumstances will... Uh, Seth, circumstances will try to persuade you that what God said isn't right. But you know what? You can look at circumstances and you can call those circumstances lies. Because the, here's what the Bible says. Let every man, let every devil be a liar. Let God be true. If God said it, we believe it. If he said it, we believe it. Now, we may not understand it. You know, there have been some people that I've met that they were married and um, they... they uh, um, I had a word for them. They, these people were married. They were together. And then one of the, one of the people dies in the relationship. There's, there's a woman. I, I prayed over her and over her husband. And her husband died. And I had a word for them when her husband was alive. 
Well, I came back years later and he had passed away. I could tell she was a wreck and I knew why she was a wreck because she didn't understand how God could have told her that when her husband was living and then him die. Here's the thing. We always assume that when God speaks to us, he speaks to us and, and he speaks to us uh, and everything that he says fits within the circumstances of our life at that time. We don't realize that God, when he speaks to us, he knows what's coming. He knows whether you, he knew, he knew whether that woman's husband would be alive or not. He knew whether he would be in the picture or not. She just couldn't see the vision of God for her life without him. See, some of you, you got a vision when you was married to somebody else. God said something to you when you was, when you was hooked up with someone else. I know, I know some of you are like, well, I don't really want to think about that. <laughs> and I, I know you don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can, <laughs> you, 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 you can tell some of the folks I'm talking to. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Amen. <laughs> you say, yeah, but isn't God against divorce? Yeah, he is. He's against lying, cheating, and stealing too. He's against eating one too many donuts. He's against staying at the buffet an hour longer than you should have. You know, those, those are things that he's against. True. But you know what? When God, when God spoke to you and told you what he had for you, he told you that knowing. Knowing the circumstances were going to change. Knowing the difficulty was going to come. Knowing the decisions that you would make. Knowing the people that you would be connected with or disconnected from. He knows it all. You've got to remember the word of God. When God, when God spoke to you, Annie. I call her Annie. When God, when God spoke to you, he knew, he knew he was speaking to you and that your mother would pass. That your father would pass. That your brother would pass. We, we just went and saw her, her, her family in the, over at the cemetery uh, the other day. Her, Annie's mama just passed a, a, a little over a year. Was it two years now? Two years ago, her mother passed. Hardest thing she's ever had to endure in her entire life. I sat and I watched Annie two years ago wrestle with whether or not she could continue to move forward with life in the way that she had been living it prior to that. Because the loss of her mother, she, I don't think she realized how, how it would affect her. But you know what she's had to, you know what she's had to do? She's had to realize that God's word for her. That what God said to her, he said to her knowing that she would pass through this difficulty in her life. God's word doesn't change. His ways don't change. Determine on the changing of your circumstances. What he says is forever the same. Amen.
That's why we need to establish and plan ourselves on the Word of God. Because when we do, His Word will see us through difficult times. Now she will miss her mother. But the Word of the Lord says there's something for her life beyond the death and the passing of her mother. That there is still something valuable for her to do. Are, are y'all hearing me today? Some of you lost children. Some people lose their children. Some have lost brother, brothers, younger brothers, to circumstances that were less than ideal. In fact, some circumstances were, I mean, there's, there's a rage that, there's a rage that comes with some of the circumstances that some of us have seen uh, in our lives, loss of family members, some that, some that died of COVID. You know what? Yeah, some died of COVID. But your life can't, you can't plant your life on what the CDC says. You've got to plant your life on what the word of the living God says. Amen. Amen. We, we, know, we know how to get victory over fentanyl. We've got something, de definitely awareness is, is one thing, but we've got, we've got power in God. We have Holy Ghost power. Well, if we, if we can get a word of God on some of these things, amen. Thank God. So, to, so today, I want you to remember, I want you to remember what God has said to you. No matter what the circumstances of your life are, no matter what they've been, I want you to remember what God says. Difficulties may have come. I'm gonna, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to... Tell me your name again. I'm sorry. I, I don't remember. Aiden. Hayden. Hayden, I, I just... I, I hear in my spirit that circumstances have changed much, but the word of the Lord has never changed. God says His Word remains forever established. The Lord says, not only in heaven, but here in the earth. And God says, the Word that I have for you, the Lord says, remains established in your heart despite the changing of circumstances. And the Lord says, and at times, your inability to understand or to comprehend what His Word means in adversity or in the changing of circumstances. But I hear God saying this. I hear him saying that it's his desire to clear it up and to make it more clear for you in the days that are coming uh, than, than it has been for you in the past. Because I see, it's almost like I've seen a season where you have wandered about, like you've been on pause, like, like you've just been in a, in a pat, not a, not a holding pattern that because the Lord hadn't, you know good and well, the Lord hadn't put you in no holding pattern. But it's like just the things of life have put things on pause to where there seemed to be no, uh, no forward progress. But I hear God saying this, there's about to come. You're about, you're about to run through a troop. You're about to leap over a wall. You're about to break forth and make more progress in one year in one year, I hear the Lord saying, you're in, 12 month, in 12 months' time, you're going to make up for time that you feel like was lost. And God says he's going to take you where, the Lord says he's going to take you in one year where, where it may have taken four or five years 
in the past, the Lord says he's taking you there in 12 months. In 12 months time, the Lord says you're about to make up some time. The, the time is about to be redeemed in the name of Jesus. The time is about to be redeemed in the name of Jesus. So Hayden, I, I, I release that to you in Jesus' name. And they said, you know what I hear the Lord saying? I hear the Lord saying that things that, um, things that you've been afraid of embarking upon, that fear is not going to be on you anymore. You're not going to be afraid to turn over, um, you know, they say turning rocks over or turning things over uh, to discover things. You're not going to be afraid of discovery and what it might require from you. The Lord says you, you hadn't gone on many journeys of discovery because you're afraid of what you might discover. You're afraid that whatever you do discover, you may have to marry yourself to. The Lord says, you're not going to be afraid of discovery. God says, God says, this is going to be the greatest season of discovery that you've ever encountered. The Lord says this. He says, the Lord says, I'm not going to ask anything from you, God says, that in your heart, you're not going to be willing to embrace. Because the Lord says, I created you. The Lord says, I created you for my purpose. And he says, the purpose for which I've created you, the Lord says, will be something that you will leap for joy in your heart to run hard after. And I, I hear God saying that uh, that time of you running hard after what the Lord created you for, that season is upon you. Amen. And so I lose that to you in Jesus' name, and I thank God for it. Let's lift our hands and thank the Lord for his goodness. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We praise you, Lord. You're awesome. You're awesome. Now, I don't know you, Hayden. This is so unusual. But I see, I see like a maze, and I see you coming out of the end of a maze, uh, like a, like there have been different twists and turns, and and it hadn't been an easy. It's like it's like you've been through a season that hasn't been easy to navigate. But I hear the Lord saying that as you come to the end of this season, I hear God saying that you're truly going to leave the season of difficulty, and the difficulty of finding your way through. You're going to leave that way behind you. And, and I hear the Lord saying this. I hear the Lord saying that some of the things that will try to, uh, that will try to um, remain attached to you from that season, the Lord says will lose their grip upon you as you exit the maze and as you move on uh, to newer, uh, to greater, to better uh, things. Um, amen. There, there's, there's some more there, but I, I just need to tell you that. That even in the natural, there are some things that it, it just seems that in the natural will remain associated with you in the natural just because that's how it is in the natural. For, for example, if, you're, if, you're, um, if you work a job, you know, that's on your resume. It's, it's hard to, you, you can't just remove that from your resume or remove that from what you've done or what you've been. But I, I literally see like God wiping the page and making some things as if they never even were. Even things in the natural that have a permanence, that have a, 
um, that, like there's a paper trail. I, I see God like wiping it out. I see you being disconnected from some of the things of your past and them never coming up again in Jesus' name. Ever. Amen. So I know it's hard. To, you say, well, how would that happen? I don't know, but I know it does. Amen. I've seen, I've, I've heard of it. I've seen people, I've, I've spoken something like that over people before and it happened. Praise the Lord. Listen, uh, this, uh, this coming week, uh, it's going to be exciting. I'm excited about all that the Lord is going to do here at Winter's Church. Wednesday, we have service Wednesday. Uh, I will, uh, I'm planning on being here. Yes. Yes, I'll be, I'm going to pray for y'all. Come on, come. And uh, I will be, uh, I will be, I'm planning on being here on Wednesday. Uh, that doesn't mean necessarily I will be because I got some family pulling on me. But I already, I already had Hilda scheduled for this past Wednesday. So Hilda has a word that she feels like the Lord laid on her heart that she's going to share this Wednesday. So I will be here to hear it. And I encourage you to be here as well. If you need prayer today for anything whatsoever, this is your opportunity. Uh, you can come and we will pray over you. Uh, we'll believe God with you, whether it's for healing or anything else. Also, your offering. Uh, you can put it in the basket before you leave. If you have a uh, visitor's card, you can put it in there as well. You can also text to give. That was up uh, earlier. Um, you can give that way uh, if you'd like. But praise the Lord. Heather, I'm so glad to see you here. I am so glad that I hope you're made a decision to be a part of our church family. We sure love you guys and are sure appreciative of you all. Amen. All right, if you need prayer, yes, Joyce, come. Joyce has been battling in her body. And today, you know what? Let's agree right now that whatever it is that is trying to uh, take her strength and her health leaves her today. She's been, she been in a fight for three weeks now, right, Joyce? Stretch your hands toward her right now. Father, I thank you. I agree with Joyce right now for healing in the name of Jesus. We curse the trouble that's in her body. We command it, go! Go from her now in the name of Jesus. I loose you today of every infirmity, of every sickness. And Lord, I thank you for health and wholeness and healing in the name of Jesus. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for strength. Thank you, Lord, for wellness and for wholeness. For your glory in the name of Jesus. For your glory in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for Eric, for Shelby. Listen, you know what? I'm going to tell you all something as your pastor. I hear it out of my spirit. I don't care how many times you all need prayer. I'm going to pray for you. And you don't need to be caring how much of it. Listen, if you've got to be having prayer every day, three times a day, and you've got to hit me up three times a day for prayer, hit me up. I'm in. Amen. I'm in. Anybody else? I'm in. I will pray for you. There's very few things that give me greater joy than praying for y'all. So Lord, I thank you. And I agree right now with Eric and Shelby in the name of Jesus. For the touch of your spirit, for the move of your spirit, Lord, in every aspect of their lives. God, I thank you that your word, it's been spoken. 
Lord, you have made it clear. And in Use, Borijadene, and in Sogroda, and no matter what the enemy has tried, no matter what the flesh has tried to do to muddy the waters, Lord, your word still remains clear. It still remains true. It still remains established in the name of Jesus. I hear God tell me to tell y'all his word is established over you, in you, upon you, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for your established word. I pray, God, that all the things that would try to muddy the waters, Lord, in Jesus' name, would be removed. Whatever it takes. God, you're able. You're able. And I agree, Lord, with them, and I agree with you. Every obstacle removed in the name of Jesus. Moved in the name of Jesus. Every lie that the devil is told name, we shut it down. And Lord, we thank you that the truth, your word says, you'll know the truth, the truth will make you free. So we, 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 de we declare that. You know, uh, listen to that right there. You know the truth, and somebody had this discussion with me. Tyler, was it you, Tyler? Was it Jesse Duplantis or somebody was it? Pastor Tom Springer posted this post. Anyway, and I've, I've always known this. The Bible says, you know, the truth, the truth will make you free. People say the truth will set you free. Well, that's not really true. You know, we, there are times that we're set free and then there are times that we're made free. I got set free from drug addiction. I was made free from cussing. In other words, as I came to know the truth, the more truth that I got, the more freedom I received. And I was made free over a process. Of the, the Lord says he's making y'all free through the truth. The Lord says you'd love to be set free <laughs> just for it to happen in the moment, like just for him to, but God says, the Lord says in the, in the process of being made free, there are things that you, that you, uh, that, that become a part of your DNA. There are places that you win in the spirit, not just for yourself, but for others. The Lord says, the Lord says, you have what it takes. God says, not just to endure the season, but the Lord says, not just to survive, but to thrive, God says, in the process. So the Lord says, he's, he's, uh, he's teaching you, he's learning you concerning thriving in a season when some people only want to survive. But God says, I'm going to cause you to flourish. The Lord says, I'm going to cause the seed that's in you to spring forth and to bud and to produce, the Lord says, fruitfulness. God says, in a time that seems like it couldn't produce any fruit. But I, I lose that to y'all in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you. I thank you that today, where the Spirit of the Lord is, freedom reigns freedom reigns in Jesus name thank you father anything in particular in the name of Jesus I curse the trouble be healed in Jesus name I loose you today from the top of your head to the soles of your feet be made well in the name of Jesus is there anything in particular you want me to pray for in the name of Jesus Love straighten out now. I thank you, Father, that today uh, hormones are being balanced in the name of Jesus. 
the cause of the imbalance. We rebuke it in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that today Jasmine is leaving out of here. Well, for your glory, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for it, Father. Is there anything in particular, Lindsay? You want? Just lift up your hands. Thank you, Lord. Touch Lindsay today, God. Filled to overflowing in the name of Jesus. Lord, let your mind of Sekadena Mosa. Let her leave out of here today. Let her go out of here with joy and be led forth with peace in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father. Golo Sombrono. That you're guiding and directing every step that she takes. Lord, you said the steps of the righteous are ordered by God. And I loose that to her today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Regina, is there anything in particular? Yes, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I thank you. Lord, you, you gave us uh, the power to overcome our flesh. Just like you gave us the power to overcome the devil. And so, Lord, I thank you that as Regina... Uh, yields herself to you and to your spirit that you are helping her to navigate the waters of uh, of moving out of carnality and out of carnal places and into the spirit to live in victory to live in you Lord your word says in you we live and move and have our being let that be the word of the Lord over Regina today may she live and move and breathe in you and have her being in you in the name of Jesus I thank you for it, Lord. Anything in particular, Ayla? Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you that you are re-energizing. Lord, she doesn't draw her strength from the flesh. She draws her strength from the Spirit. And so, Father, that same well, that same well that she's drawn from in the past, I pray, God, that she'll draw from in the days to come. In Jesus' name. Twyla, I see, uh, I, see a, I see an angel managing uh, your calendar. I see an angel managing your, uh, the, the issues that have, that have arisen. I hear the Lord saying that you're not to lean upon yourself. God, God says this. God says, I'm going to teach you how to lean the Lord says it's needful for you to be able to um, to learn the lessons of this season. Because the Lord says there'll come a greater a weight and a greater burden. And that burden will try to rest squarely upon your shoulders. The Lord says all you've ever known to do is to carry the burdens. But God says I haven't called you to carry them. The Lord says you still tempted to, 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 to pull them up and to put them right smack dab on your shoulders. And the Lord says, the Lord says, I'm, I've sent an angel and that angel is going to help you to navigate this season and teach you how to, to put that burden over on the Lord and how to cast your care upon him. The, the Lord's, in fact, the Lord says, even now, uh, the cares are coming off of you. And they're going on squarely onto the shoulders of God. And sobroda, see, because you here's here's what the Lord said. The Lord says, the Lord says, the way that you have shown that you care is to pick up the burdens of others. But the Lord says, the Lord says, you've got to you've got to begin to allow me to do that. He said, because the burdens that you're trying to carry now, he says, are he says they're they're too great for you. They're too great for you. The Lord says you can't handle them. You can't carry them. 
So the Lord says, he says, I've been working with you. And he says, and you've been learning great lessons. And he says, now I'm going to continue to work with you until the Lord says, you don't carry not one of them. God, and God says, and you're not going to feel guilty that you're not carrying them. Because the Lord says, in the past, you felt guilty because you felt like what you were saying through not, through not uh, feeling the burden is, I don't care. The Lord says, no. He says, He says, you're really going to be able to minister to people uh, in the days to come. He says, because the burden's going to be rolled off your shoulders and the yoke's going to be taken off of your neck. That's a word from God. You, you know that's a word from God. Because I hadn't even talked to y'all in a minute. Thank you, Jesus. It's nice when the Lord be telling you something that you know was, you know, you're like, come on, Jesus. Amen. Tree, you got something in particular? Amen. Yes. Ayla, in Jesus' name, your strength comes from above. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Even in, even, even when you remember this, Ayla, when you carry in that baby, your strength comes from heaven. Because your body is gonna get tired. That baby's gonna draw on you, and you're just gonna, you're gonna trust the Lord. And because you do, you're gonna, you're gonna carry uh, that baby and you're going to be strong. Amen. Thank God. You're not going to be weak. You're, you're going to be like, mm, I got this. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You're going to be like Ted thinking of a, bit, a gravy fountain and a biscuit tree. You're just going to be happy. <laughs> oh, yeah, Lord. Do it for Sheree. Kadesa. You already know it, Sheree. Amen. I don't even need to tell you. You know, Sheree's, Sheree's moving into another season. I thank you, Father. I lose that to her in the name of Jesus. Rachel. What, what is the deal with it? What You don't know. When they, did they do an x-ray at all? Dirty rats. Give me some chairs, cause give me a couple chairs. I'm gonna sit Rachel down. We're going. Come here, Je Jess. Let me pray for you while we get a chair for Rachel and myself. Anything in particular? Oh, Shebena Masse, Lord, both of them. And this has got to go. You can't stay. You shouldn't have come here anyhow. You weren't allowed. Nobody said it was all right. In fact, when you showed up, we, we done told you you had to go. And so now I command you in the name of Jesus to leave her, to let her go, never return in Jesus' name. Yes, thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Yes. I thank you, Father, that today she's leaving this here. And it, and it goes and it never returns. But <laughs> Jesus, glory to God. Sit in that chair, Rachel, real quick. Let's uh, let's see if you have an alignment. Let me turn the turn that chair this way. I don't want to hit Jess. Elebresa kachabangelejea, anesokoyo. You got a nice all the way back in that 
your butt all the way back against the back of that chair. Oh, yeah, my son. Comfortable. Borosokolo. Now you do, you're, you're out of whack for real. Now! There it goes. Thank God. Woo! Ha! Ha, ha, ha! Oh. There it goes. It went way out. It's going to... In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Alabarasakea. Glory to God. Thank God. May she never. Did you see that girl out like that? It was crazy. May she never have it again in the name of Jesus. May she never have this trouble. Lord, I thank you that all of the soreness and everything is leaving from her. She's not going to carry this burden no more. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Well, glory to God. Well, let's let's lift up. Yes. Amen. Yeah, Lord, let that mantle rest upon Curly. Woo! Ha 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 ha. mona. Mantle. Soboradesa. Lubredea, greater, greater anointing. Nele sombrena. And then gruje bengele jede borosoboya. Oh, I thank you, Father. I thank you. You've begun a great work, Lord. You continue to lead and to guide. And Father, I thank you that today, uh, Carolyn is uh, hearing your voice more clearly. She's tuned in more keenly. And God, she's obeying you more forcefully in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father. Carolyn, you don't have to prove nothing to God. He already knows it. He knows you willing. There's some things you thought you made mistakes about in the past. Some things you look back on, you said, man, maybe that wasn't wisdom. You know, it wasn't the wisdom of men. But there's some things you're going to find out that you did that you thought maybe you did in the flesh that you really did in obedience to the Spirit that was in preparation for what the Lord was doing for you. God says if you could see yourself in the Spirit, you're a giant. And I know you're small. We, we, we talk about that all the time. But in the Spirit, Carolyn, you are a giant. You are a giant. The Lord says you're going to have success at ministering to people that are sick in their bodies and they're going to receive healing. The Lord says, the Lord says, even though you still not seen yet a full manifestation of the healing that he's provided for you, God says the manifestation of healing for others is going to be strong through your life and through your ministry in the name of Jesus. So Lord, I thank you for that. And I loose it to her in the name of Jesus. Thank God. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. What a great day. Amen. Aren't you glad you came to church today? I'm glad I came to church today. Pastor Annie just rolled into town at about 8 o'clock this morning, 7 o'clock, 6 o'clock, no, the other way, 9 o'clock this morning. And uh, all the way from Ohio, she drove with Mikey and Isaiah. And here she is. Come here, Mama. 
She's like, I don't even want to stand up. Oh, I sure love you, Pumpkin. Happy Mother's Day, baby. All right, I love you guys. I appreciate you. Thank you for hanging out with me. I know I kept you late. I'll try to get you out of here early next week. How's that? No, no, okay. We'll get, we'll get started earlier next week too. But uh, good to see you, my brother. It's always good to see you, Regina. It's so good to have all of you that are visiting. We have someone visiting here with us. Tell me your name. Come on now, what a great name. Sky, so wonderful to have you today. Listen, I love you guys. Uh, have a wonderful day with your families today. Go in God's presence. Before you leave, love someone because you do. I'll see you guys back here this week, Wednesday night in Jesus' name.